0: A pop, yourself a beer, or a cold libation Let me tell you how I wrote this little theme I went and took a call from Brother Jason And he tells me that he has a little dream He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast And I ask him, what you got? He said, I'll start with some talking And some movie clips some popcorn, fighting fantasy explorations And some groundless exploitation Kickstarts that I'm watching And some blind unboxings Full month horror movie marathon Sometimes I'll let the box come on contest and of course You know it's all about games I said, slow down, let's just start with the name It's the Nerds RPG Variety Podcast with the other Jason. So, this podcast is going to consist of two things. One, I'm going to answer a call from John Allen Large and expound a little bit on more things, more lessons we can take from Witchfinder General for our games. And then I'm going to give Joe Richter of Hindsightless and the Wheeler Woe podcasts what he's been asking for. I'm going to give a lot of play reports. So, Joe, this one's for you.
1: Hey Jason, it's John here from the Red Dice Diaries RPG Podcast. I've just been listening to your latest episode and I was chuffed when you mentioned the Witchfinder General. I have not seen that film for time, but as someone who's quite a big fan of Vincent Price, I have watched it. A number of times. It was also interesting you were bringing up using the law against PCs. I think that's a great idea and coincidentally myself and Hannah we've got an episode recorded that should be going out on Wednesday where she's asking me some questions about how you could use court cases in a granted a more modern to sort of sci-fi game but I think it's very interesting because the law is often something that doesn't really come into RPGs a great deal and I think it's fairly rich fodder for stories really enjoyed the episode dude keep up the good work stay safe and I'll catch you soon
0: that was John Allen Large the Red Dice Diary RPG podcast which I highly recommend you go check out that episode he's referencing should be dropped by the time you hear this so go listen to that as well You know, Witchfinder General, so there are a couple other things we can pull from that movie, to be honest. Um, One is, you know, titles. So in the movie, later in the movie, he mentions that, you know, they're talking about upgrading him from Witchfinder to the Witchfinder General of All England. And that made me think about titles. How often do we use titles in our games? You know, some of us, I'm sure, do, but not everybody does. And I think when you come across a ruler or somebody with a title, that honorific, maybe it's fun to expound on that. And not only can you use it as a character thing, but you can also use it to drop hints of other things in your game, right? So let me give you an example. You know, when, when you look at England, you know, when we entered the 20th century, the title for the king was, or the, yeah, I guess title would be the right word. Um, you know, it'd be by the grace of God, of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland and the British domains beyond the seas, king, defender of the faith, emperor of India, right? Or, you can go with somebody like Idi e. Amin. Remember him? Uganda? His title was His Excellency, President for Life, Field Marshal, Al-Hadish, Director, Idi e. Amin, mean, VC, DSO, MC, lord of all the beasts of the earth and fishes of the seas and conqueror of the British Empire in Africa in general and Uganda in particular. And for Americans like me, VC is Victorian Cross, DSO is the Distinguished Service Order, and MC is Military Cross, which are all British awards, military awards. So I'm not necessarily saying you have to do something that long, but it'd be kind of neat to do something like that. And when I talk about, you know, and, and you know, he, you know, I mean, has things like Lord of all the beasts of the earth and fishes of the seas, and something fun like that would be neat to drop in there. You could also drop in things like, you know, discoverer of the hollow. Yeah, sorry, foot and mouth. Discoverer of the hollow earth. Just mix that in the middle of the the, the title and don't say anything else about it. But if you want to insert a Hollow Earth part in your game, you know you drop hints that now and there about that, now and then about that, and dropping a title might be a way to do that, right? Conqueror of the fill-in-the-blank, whatever you know, mythical tribe you may want somebody to go find, right? So I think we can use titles and honorifics in our games, maybe to a little better effect. Not only is is a neat little piece of character building, but also to drop hints and plot hints in our games. The other thing I want to talk about with Witchfinder General that we saw in the movie, or if you didn't see the movie, I'm sure you can guess, is they had to figure out who was a witch. Now, of course, in the movie, they had already decided you were guilty before they started, but they had the tests. And these tests could be used against the characters. And even in the now, I haven't listened to Hannah and John's episode on trials. But, you know, in a medieval court especially, you could see some of these weird physical trials happening, right? And if you look, some of these trials and tests to see if somebody's a witch are pretty crazy. We all know about the dunking test, where a witch is going to float. But what about things like the pricking and scratching tests? So now they show that in Witchfinder General. And what they did, what the idea was is witches would have a devil's mark, a witch's mark. And that mark wouldn't bleed or be sensitive to pain. So they would stab somebody with a with a pin or a knife, you, you know. And, and if an area they stabbed didn't bleed or if they didn't react in pain to it, then that was the witch's mark. Of course, once you stab somebody long enough, eventually they're, <laughs> you know. But one thing that they didn't show in the movie, but the real life Matthew Hopkins did... Is they had a they would use a dull knife or a dull needle that so you know would not penetrate the skin, it would not draw pain, so they could say, Look, I'm pressing this mark and it's not bleeding, it's obviously a witch mark, right? So, something like that would be fun to throw against your characters, or just something crazy throw against them, like witch cakes. If, if you're not familiar with witch cakes, witch cake was a way to tell which, and what they did is they would take the, the urn of the witch, the suspect, you know, the accused witch, mix it with rye meal and ashes and bake it into a cake. Then they would feed it to the suspected witch's familiar. And it, and depending on the account, either if the beast acted weird, wow, well, you know, you're just feeding it this horrible concoction. It, and, and what's weird behavior for an animal, right? So obviously that's totally up to interpretation. Or some versions of it say the the beast would actually, you know, say the name of the guilty sorcerer, right? Um, but let's let's go with the idea that the animal's just well, whatever you want to do in your game is fine. But let's say just the whole idea of the animal acting weird. So you know you got your paladin or, or whoever has been or you know has been accused, and so you're there, and and they come up in court and they say, ah, but look, we've fed his horse a witch cake and it acted strange and, and what do your characters say against that how do you defend yourself against that ridiculousness but that's the great kind of thing to throw against your characters to make your players actually have to think and and you to try to react to this craziness because these people in the day were I mean you're screwed as soon as you were accused r- really there was no way out of it you were pretty well done so I think that's some great stuff you can bring and use against your PCs. Now you need to, you know, I, I would de- always allow my PCs some way out of these things. It wouldn't be the death sentence it was in the real world, but I definitely think you could make them squirm a little bit if you you work at it. So, I I just think there's a lot to be taken from these movies and these situations that that we can use to to make our our players' lives a little more interesting. It's me, that vamp of camp, Elvira, mistress of the dark, bringing you the best of the worst. Uh, or is it the worst of the best? As I've mentioned in the past, due to a kind of crazy work schedule lately, I haven't got near as much gaming in as I would like. Um, my work schedule is aggravated by the fact that my work days tend to be really long. I tend to leave home at 4 a.m. and get home at 8 p.m. So, you know, when you live 60 miles from where you work, that kind of complicates things. Anyhow, the thing is, there's so much online gaming now that if you want to play in a game, they're out there. All you have to do is look. So you can get quite a bit of gaming in. So over a period of seven days over the past you know, week or so, I've gotten six games in and if I can do that with my schedule certainly everybody else can get games in if you know if they want to now it's hard with your family there and everything else I'll grant you that you have to be able to have that four hours time frame of just where you can be left alone and and I really push that because I make the other players in my game suffer through me taking my dogs out and things like that and I'm very grateful that they let me do that um, but for the most part, I think people are understanding of those sort of things. And especially if your group does a break every hour or so, you know, it makes that all that kind of thing a lot easier. So I do want to talk about that. Now, there have been a lot of online conventions as well. When I talk about six games in seven days, or, yeah, I actually did not attend any online conventions to get those games in. I was supposed to. I was signed up for Virtual Grog Meet, which is done by the grognard files an excellent podcast i recommend to everybody and i was actually signed up for three games in their online convention but earlier in the month i was supposed to work this week past weekend so i canceled my reservations with those games let other people sign up and then i ended up not working but that's okay because like i say, i was still able to get plenty of gaming in so maybe next year i'll get to participate again in virtual grog meet I have got to do it once, and I, I really enjoy it, and, and I highly recommend their podcast and any activities they do. They also do a, a real grog meet, a, a, a physical one, every year over there in England, so I'd recommend people that can access that go to that, attend that as well. So, what games did I play? Well, I'm going to knock one of these out really quickly. And that's Joe Salvador, who you know from Elder Tales. He's the author of that game, which is an OSR kind of Cthulhu game. He is doing playtests for a new sword and sorcery game that he's doing. And because it's a playtest, I don't want to talk about the rules, and I don't want to talk about the scenario because he's running it again for other people. So all I'm going to say is... I think it worked really well it still has an osr flavor the way it's set up but it well that's not fair it's still feel it's still an osr kind of rule set it fits in with the osr mentality with other games of that ilk but he's done some changes that really make it f- get that pulpy action and adventure feel that i really like um and, and it's definitely going to be a day one purchase for me i i definitely if you get a chance to participate in his playtest, do it. He's a great GM if you ever get to just play in one of his games, or have him as a player. He's played in my games before, and always, and it's always a great treat to play with Joe either way. And, and I really like Elder Tale, so I'd recommend it to somebody looking for an OSR Cthulhu game. But, all that said, I'm not going to talk that much about that game, because it was a playtest and, you know, he's still developing things, so I don't think it's fair to talk much about it. I The only thing I will mention is, like a lot of games I'm going to talk about, it had a jungle flavor, which is interesting. The Green Brothers played in that game with me, Colin Darren, who you know from the Spike Pit RPG podcast. And um, as you know, Colin's on a jungle kick right now anyway. So yeah, that was interesting. But that's all I'm going to say about that game. So let's move on to the next one. So, well, Actually, I have two other ones I'm going to talk about that have to do with being patrons of podcasts, which is interesting enough. James Holloway of the Monster Man podcast, which I highly recommend. It's not an anchor podcast, but it's a great podcast where he goes through the old TSR Monster books and talks about each entry. Well, he's been doing a, a game for his patrons. He's using OSE, and it's set set in a jungle, and you know, we're dealing with this cursed crocodile. I'm playing a dwarf jeweler, or his background's a jeweler, but you know, OSC is basically racist class, so he's just a dwarf. But that's a really fun game. If you ever get to play in one of James's games or where he's a player, again I'd highly recommend it. Again, because I don't he might talk about this in his on his podcast at some point and the adventure's not over. So I don't I don't really you know, it's a short campaign. I don't want to talk too much about it. But, but I will say it's been a lot of fun. Um, we, we've, he's been throwing in strange monsters and strange jungle things and characters. and So it's definitely been some different things we've come across. right? Um, one, yeah, so, so I really don't want to ruin a whole lot about that. Now I know Joe Richter at this point is saying, well, you're not talking about your games, man. Well, I'm going to. So I've got one more I'm not going to really talk about, and then the rest of them I will. The other one I'm not really going to talk about is for another podcast I listen to called the Vintage RPG Podcast. And John, one of the hosts of that podcast, ran Chill for Us, and he ran a scenario out of the Elvira Mysteries of the Dark book, and it was great fun. Um, I don't know if he's going to do it again, so I don't know if he's going to run that adventure again, so I really don't want to talk a whole lot about it. Uh, but I will say, you know, Chill is the old, old horror RPG from the 80s, and um, you all should know who Elvira is, and, and it was a lot of fun, it, you know it a great cast, to, or a great group of patrons and we all got to play in that but I again, I don't want to talk about it, because I don't want to ruin whatever, if they plan on running it again, or, or whatever, so I, 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 w- I do want to thank them, and I, again, recommend the Vintage RPG Podcast, it's a Neat podcast where they talk about all those nostalgia things that we grew up with. Okay, so now I've talked about, what, one, two, three games that I couldn't really talk about. So what about the other three games that I can talk about? Two of them were run by Carl Rodriguez, and I've talked about him before. He does not have a podcast yet, but I've talked about his BX Broken Lands game before, which is a... BX or OSE or Beck Me Game where we use the the Gazetteer, the Orcs of Thar and we're playing humanoids Hobgoblins, Bugbears, Orcs whatever. And and it's got a lot of faction play. It's got some combat of course. So in this one we're going to talk to the, going to the palace we're trying to get a a, um, a meeting with the queen to get, you know, kind of get on her good side and and, and whatnot, and, and to get her to do a favor for us. And on the way, we had a random encounter. And this random encounter was a group of human adventurers. Why well, they might have been a mix, but anyway, but they are a group of adventurers, standard d d adventurers, attacking this orc. He was like a teenage orc. And so we intervened, and a- after the encounter, we managed to enlist the orc. So now he's part of our war. I mean, orc. Did I say orc the whole time? They were attacking a troll. It, w- it was this teenage troll they were attacking. And so we managed to recruit this troll into our warband, which is great. And we managed to capture one of the humans, the magic user. So we got a bunch of uh, great magic items and a bunch of uh, gear off these humans, uh, off this adventuring party, Darn adventures, and including a guidebook, which, y- you know, is, is a kind of like a monster manual, like a guidebook to our to our city saying, Oh, you know, cause the human magic user got charmed by by one of our characters and he's go like, oh, well this is a lot, you know, this city's a lot bigger than we thought it was. And we thought this would just be cake coming and harvesting parts from you you humanoids, right? So anyway, we, we captured this book and we captured him, and we trust him up. And so with that adventure, the end of that adventure, we were on the way to the Queen with this prisoner to Tell her about this plot on how the humans are coming into her city and attacking her subjects, and how they're and and we made up this point about how they're gonna they're doing a plot against her personally, and so we'll see how that all plays out. But like I say, that's a great, a really fun game. The Green Brothers are also playing in that. Um, It's always fun to play with them. Also, Gabriel, who those on the Audio Dungeon, you'll know him as the. is it Girl Master he has on there, or Grill? Shoot. I'm away from the computer. I don't have it in front of me. But something like that, like Girl Master or something like that. He always posts these wonderful pictures of the stuff. He's always grilling outside. And um, he's a great player. I've always enjoyed being in a game with him. He played in the Barbarians of game I ran when I first joined the Audio Dungeon. Or he played in that game, yeah. Anyway, the other game by Carl Rodriguez that I played in was an Adventure of Ash game. Adventure, Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerers of Hyboria. Sorry, I don't have notes in front of me right now. And that game we just started, so we just played the first round of it, the first game of it, and I'm playing a monk, and he happens to be 6'8", so I picked the, t- the name Fin Fang Foom. And before you think Fing Fang Foom is this horrible racist name, go look it up if you don't recognize it. It's actually a reference to something, but you know. So I'm playing this monk, and, and we've also got a barbarian, I think, and a yeah, we've got a barbarian, and an assassin, and a some kind of priest or monk, cleric in the party, and, and and so we we're already embroiled in this you know this kind of skull duggery in this new city we went into, where you know there's rumor of a local priest that killed somebody, and there's this cult running around the city c- capturing merchants and eating them and all this crazy stuff. And we've already managed to get a, a couple different factions to pay us to, to find, get to the bottom of these crimes. So we're kind of playing one side against the other, so it's going to be interesting. What Carl's doing with that game that's really neat is we have the online game, which is probably going to go bi-weekly, online sessions. But in addition to that, we are doing kind of a play-by-post thing on Discord. So between games and you don't it's not required, but if you want to do actions between games like little side missions where your guy sneaks off and does something, you can do a play by post and get experience for your character in in the actual game. So that's kind of neat. So and again I'd recommend any games that he runs or is in. It's a great player all the way around. So the last game I played in was Andy Goodman of Expedition of Grizzly Peaks called Cthulhu Game. And that game's unfortunately winding down. I say winding down. We're coming to the climax. It's getting more exciting. But we probably need to have a session left of that. And that's a great game. It's got a great bunch of people in there, including some other podcasters. Um, and, but I don't really have to tell you a lot about this game because Andy is putting the actual plays up on his podcast, Expedition of Grizzly Peaks. So it's probably better for you to go listen to those actual plays than for me to tell you about a little section of it. But hopefully, I've given Joe Richter a little bit of what he wants when hearing how our games go um, and the kind of things I've been doing. If he wants more detail, of course he can always ask, and I'll probably give him more. Um, Coming up this week, I should be able to play in the um, what the heck's it called? Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells. I should be able to get into that game, and that may be the only game I get to play this week. I'll be honest, unfortunately, because of my work schedule. So it may be next week, another week before I get into another online game. But it's all good. I'm still participating in some play-by-post games, which are great, and those are going well. And I really am looking forward to, you know, when this everything slows down, I can get back to my regular schedule number of games. But you know, if this shows anything, it's there's plenty of games out there if you're willing to put the time in, and and try to track them down. And if your hours a little bit odd, look to other countries. You know, I play with folks over in the British Isles a lot i you know, I've played with Australians before and people in New Zealand, and, and so if you're willing to look a little bit, you can definitely find any time schedule, you know, whatever free time you have, whether, you know, East Coast, West Coast, U.S., you got a three-hour difference. Go to England, now you're talking five-hour, di- I'm talking difference from, well, so, so I'm on the East Coast of the U.S., so the West Coast is three hours behind me, so you get home late later in the evening playing West Coast games you know if you're off during the day well en- English games those British Isles games are a five-hour difference so their evening is our afternoon you know Austra- a game for Australia and their night game is early in the morning here so definitely you can work it out you just have to try a little bit but the games are out there folks and if nothing else you know you could do play by post you could play other ways But gaming's out there, you just have to reach out and grab it. So, anyhow, I think I bent your ear enough. I will let you go, and I look forward to any feedback. But if not, I understand, and I will talk to you, I don't know, in half a week or a week or so. So, take care. Okay, quick correction Gabriel is the grill wizard, grill wizard on Audio Dungeon Discord great guy. Um, Again, if you get to be in one of his games or he signs up for your game, you're in luck. So I want to thank Ray Otis, who provided the art for this podcast, and TJ Drennan, who provided the music. I have links to both them in the show notes. If you want to reach me, you can leave me a message on Anchor or find me on the Audio Dungeon Discord. Or a joke about your spouse But the operator's screaming it's coming from inside the house What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? In the box? Well, the audience is pretty sure he took a pretty head And the only question left is if I will see him dead Bring on the gold There's a in your by the tipper And I'm assuming that's your partner back there in the woods, Chipper. Don't look away,
1: don't look away
0: Don't look away, don't look away Well, the zombies are arising and the world has gone to hell. We're living for the dying and we're dying for the train wreck